I mean, so yeah, so what's up? I mean, so what would you have done if I hadn't had my hat on now? Oh, wow. Hey, folks, what's up? Um, it's Antonio Pomares of The Hungry Bleak Show. Thank you very much for watching, however you're watching, whether it's on uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, um, Facebook. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Um, that was, I was just taking a phone call. Um, it was a business thing. Um, that's why I had to use an old phone, so I can't be tracked. It's a big, um, it's a very hush-hush, very important um so how are y'all doing? Awkward segue. How's your week been? Really? I hadn't realized that. And loved ones, kids, how are they? Do oh, everybody. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I'm very, how, how was work? Did that thing happen that you thought was going to happen? You were right. You were right. You're always right about that stuff, aren't you? You're always right about that stuff. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Seriously. Um, have you eaten? Have you drank water today? It did you? Okay. Did you have the coffee? I've told you about that coffee. It's going, you know, it's, going, it's not. You're going to do what you're going to do. Anyway, welcome, folks. Um, another live episode because, <clears throat> truthfully, I don't like doing live episodes. I much prefer to do recorded episodes. But I want to make myself more comfortable with doing live episodes and doing live things because I want to do some live stuff coming up. In the next 12 months, I want to do some live stuff, like live, live stuff. So I want to do this. It feels very organic. It's nice. I get to have that conversation with you. We get to have the connection, the conversation, the talking and everything. And it's great. Um, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, I do have some tea. I have not drank it um, in the last few minutes because I drank the tea and um, it was hot and it was too hot. Like it was like it was like like I'm a grown ass man. Anytime a sentence starts out with, I'm a grown ass man, dog, you know something stupid is about to happen. So, as I was saying, I'm a grown ass man, dog. And um, I drank the tea and it burnt the inside of my chest. Um, so, whatever was on the inside is gone now. It has to heal back. It has to rejuvenate. It has to like um, regenerate. And I have to rejuvenate because I burnt all this off. Everything that was inside my chest is on fire right now. I burned my tongue too. I gave out a bit of a squeal um, and and I didn't know what to do with myself at that moment. It's not the first time this week that I have let out some type of um, noise um, that if you did not know me, you wouldn't know what, what was going on. Earlier this week, uh, I went outside and I was doing laundry and um, I hit my toe on a piece of wood. You know, I hit my toe because my voice just cracked a little bit when I said I hit my toe and um I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I let out a noise that I didn't know I could make. I did not know that. And um, it, it 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 scared me as a human being because I didn't know human beings, let alone myself, could make that noise. And I got a little scared. I may have shed a couple of tears. And then I went on about my day doing my laundry because I need clean draws. Clean draws is like, you know. That's part of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or to the Universe. A towel, but they didn't let you know about the draws. You need clean draws to get into places. They don't, they don't really tell you about that. <clears throat> anyway, so, um, yeah, so let's talk some comics. Yeah, you will notice I I did shave. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was like, shave my head. I was like, you know, let me shave my face. You know, I shaved my armpits. I was like, then I shaved. No, we don't need to talk about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about comics. Um, there were some great stuff that came out this week. Um, and you know, last there's, I feel like comics have really jumped this kind of, um, uh, at the things I read anyway, have kind of jumped this point where I remember at a time where you read the first issue and it was great. It was awesome. It pulled you in. Then sometimes the comic will start to decline over a while. I found that first comp that like your, your issue number one, your first issue are great and awesome. And they're hitting you and they're pulling you in. And then the second issues are just getting even more into it and more in depth and so on and so forth. Every issue grabs you so much that when the series ends, you're like, oh, damn, wait, hold on. I mean, everything can be cleared away. Um, they could have, um, you know, um, uh, closed up all of the uh, the, the storylines and and, um, and uh, gotten rid of all, all loose ends as far as storytelling. 
and such that, but because they've built such an incredible world and all the characters, excuse me, and everything that's evolved, they're becoming more and more engrossing, which I love. And I'm very, very happy about that because there's a lot out there to read and it's, it's like, it's detrimental almost to your health to try to read everything because you can. It's similar to wrestling. There's so much wrestling going on right now and incredible wrestling uh, between Impact, which will soon become, I believe at the end, of, at in January, it, it will go back to being its TNA wrestling, which it hasn't been in like maybe 10 years or maybe a little less than 10 years or so. Around then, you've got your WWE, you've got your AEW, you've got MLW, you've got New Japan. Uh, pro wrestling, you've got um, uh, GCW, you've got um, what else is there? There's there's so many companies out there. If you try to watch all the wrestling, your head will literally explode. Not literally, but it'll explode. I don't know why I said literally. I don't know. That, that was that was um, hyperbolic. That wasn't necessary. But, you know, it, it is. So nowadays, I feel like uh, um, comic book uh, creatives, writers, artists, um, anchors, letterers, editors, everybody is stepping up their game so much because they know that they have to, it's a wild market out there. So they have to really step it up and they're doing it so much in an incredible world building, um, depth of characters, art is just becoming in incredible. Um, I mean, as if it weren't already, it, everything is just stepping up and I love it. I love to see it because it's incredible and I love the art form. So actually, first of all, first of all we're going to do... <clears throat> Is we're gonna go with Kickstarters because you know there's always a bunch of Kickstarters. You know I love me some Kickstarters. Got to get the Kickstarters because uh, they're very important to do, <clears throat> as always. Um, and there's always so many of them. That's why I try to tell you which ones are out there, which ones to check out, which ones to um, really get into because there's so many of them. So the first one we're gonna go with, excuse me, is from the great folks over at uh, Unstoppable Comics. This is New York versus the world. This is basically a story of New York um, like 15 years uh, after a zombie apocalypse. You know how New York is. New York is going to do what New York's going to do. Obviously, New York is its own world. Um, <clears throat> and this is going to be uh, for issues one through three. Uh, as we're speaking of right now, it's at 798. Folks, I'm telling you, uh, Ensemble Comics is one of those comic companies, the publishers that are incredible because they are literally a family business. Um, the face that you may know mostly with Ensemble is J.D. Rosario um, and the incredible empire that he's building with Ensemble Comics and the different titles that he has. He has superhero. Um, he has this one, which is horror, uh, 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 apocalyptic. Uh, there's a Sticks, which is another one, which is a really cool um, one of with vampires and zombies and Frankenstein type characters, lichen, werewolves, great. So they've got this incredible range of of um, of titles. They even have uh, Limbo, which is the first one that they're publishing that isn't um, that isn't being written by JD. I, I think it's incredible, you know, to, to be publishing um, someone else's work. That's a big step and awesome. Uh, this is a comic that. I mean, excuse me, <clears throat> this is a publisher that does incredible things. So as you go through all the different tiers, you'll see that you're able to go through and get some of their past works um, between like you have Dragonstorm, uh, you have Interceptor, um, Storm Chasers, which is like their superhero titles and uh, vigilante titles. Between that and the great add-ons, you'll be able to go through their entire library of works as well as being able to catch up if you do not know about uh new york versus the world and get that latest issue number three so definitely check this out people over at, over at softball are incredible and like i said it's great because it's a family type business literally it's a family business at new york comic-con like i said jd rosario he was having his birthday on friday they had cake they had some libations uh you know what have you and they just had a really great time there and you can tell because they're working but it's also a family that's working and if you've ever seen a family work together on something that is like a family business it's beautiful and i, I love seeing that i love seeing the fact that because normally when you think about family business you think of like a hardware store you think of a deli you think of like you know you know like like quote unquote mom and pop shops like that well 
Unstoppable Comic is Unstoppable Comics is a mom and pop shop. Just so happens that they do comics. And that's incredible and that's amazing. And I love that. And I, I love like I've actually watched them do their thing at at uh at um uh uh near Comic Con. I apologize, folks. My tongue is still my tongue is still not there from that from that horrible um five alarm fire burn that I that I got from my tea. And watching them work was incredible, and I truly enjoyed it and loved it. And I love seeing the interaction that they have, having fun, but also getting people in, seeing what's behind the counter as far as, like, you know, what they've got for T-shirts and everything. It's beautiful. And they've always got something. I mean, they've got pins, which I'm starting to get into pins. I don't know if anybody's seen my bag ever, if you've ever seen me out, but I have these pins. I love pins now for some reason, small ones, like small ones, small enamel pins, Push pin on the back. I don't like the ones where you, the old kind where you got open and full. I don't like them so much. But I do have a couple of those that I got from uh, JHU from years ago, um, Black Panther ones. But yes, go check out uh, New York versus the world. As always, folks, anything that I'm discussing, I have the link in the episode description. So you can go check it out, see what's going on, pledge, and get some great comics. They've got print, digital. You'll also see some t shirts there, some mugs. I, I mean, I'm excuse me, but like pint glasses for your libations or juice. Almond milk, whatever it is, you know, they've, they've got it there. So go and check out New York versus the world on Kickstarter. Next one that you need to check out at Kickstarter is Shook. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Songs of the Dark Sirens. This is incredible. This is why I am a huge fan of this one. Um, not just because it's horror and a set anthology, which I do love horror anthology. I think they're great. I love them in TV shows like, you know, uh, Creep Show and... Um, what was it um cabinet of curiosity or something like that i can't remember what it was so many damn shows nowadays but the fact that it's horror and it's an anthology and it's black women black female presenting are the are like the faces that you see as part of this so uh we have so many let's get down to that again see the art is just i love that art the shading and the coloring absolutely bro and this is from marcus h roberts um, who amazing. Um, I'm glad he's doing this again. We've got so many, look at the face, Colleen Douglas, Micheline Hess. You already know Micheline will be on next week's episode. It will not be live, but she will be here next Friday. Um, a friend, uh, incredible writer, uh, artist, one of the best people possible. So sweet, so nice. Um, and just incredibly funny and creative. Awesome person. Uh, Julie Anderson, another one. Uh, art is always, always incredible. I love her art. Uh, she did the art, I believe. I'm trying to remember what show it was. I think it may have been for Virtuous Con one year. She did the um, the, the banner art for it, which is awesome. Aletha Martinez, yes. I mean, run it, run it, run it all the way down. Uh, Rebecca Wanzo. Uh, I mean, it just it, this is a litany list. Look, 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 look at the hitters. The hitters are just lining up. Incredible. Um, this is the second volume of Shook uh, that they're doing for a horror anthology. This one, again, headed up by black women, uh, black female presenting people. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, I'm excited to get in on read read this one. Um, you still have 12 days to do this one. They are at $10,252. They need to get to $20,000. They've got eight. They've got 89 backers. Who's going to be number 80? Give them number 80, folks, and let these people know what is going on because that is what is up, and I absolutely love it. Like I said, um, they're going to have a lot of great tiers as well. I believe there's a tier where you could actually get the first one as well along with the second one, <clears throat> excuse me, which is awesome. Yep, they've got Shook. They've got, you can get digital or uh, physical copies of it. I think mine is a digital copy. Digital is usually easier for me right now, but I think I might actually upgrade to the digital, excuse me, to the physical as well, because I love having that physical. So if I see someone out who is a part of it, I can have them sign it because that means a lot to me. Um, they've also got t-shirts. I'm trying not to get any more t-shirts, although I did get a t-shirt the other day in the mail from a Kickstarter from a few months ago, but t-shirt may be a part of it. I'm looking at mugs now too, because y'all know I love some mugs and some ridiculously hot tea. So yeah, go check out uh, Shook, like I said, uh, Songs of the Dark Sirens. 
This one is going to be another banger. And with the creatives that I've seen on this, <clears throat> three names alone who I know their work um, a lot because I've bought their books continuously. Um, and when I see their names, I always perk up. The other names I'm not familiar with, but now that I see them and I know them, I'm going to be checking them out because whenever I see the name or I hear it, it's going to perk up. I'm going to listen. I'm going to see, and I'm going to go in and check out whatever's going on. That's what I love. I love being introduced to new um, creatives through works like anthologies. That's why I like anthologies because they can introduce you to people that you haven't heard of. And you go, oh, I love their art. I love their writing. I love their editing. I love their lettering. I love their um, coloring, whatever it is. I love that. Let's run it. Let's do it. All right. The next one is The King's Domain. This is, <clears throat> excuse me. My goodness gracious. The King's Domain. Uh, this is from 615 Comics. This is about um, Amari King, former world champion fighter with a tragic past, uses his money and resources to stop animal cruelty as the hero, Mahis. hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Um, this was the company that did um, uh, Ivor Along, I believe was the title that I got from them. I think that was the name of it. And I absolutely loved it. It was awesome. I loved the action. Um, story was great. Colors were bold and striking. Um, had had a, the art had a kinetic feel to it, um, and it was a great, nice, simple first issue, but still gave you enough about a young woman um, trying to find her parents and being confronted by um, a test subject, a failed experiment, let's say, who comes to her as she is one of these experiments that was actually a success. And that's where her powers come from. And they're triggered and they're linked and triggered by her emotion, especially her anger, which I love uh, that you've got, again, physical, digital. You can go through. Uh, I love when I love when um, Kickstarters have great names for their tiers, like the King's iPad, uh, the King's suit, um, the King's gold suit. I, I love that. I think that's really just, invent. it's just, a, again, it's a little detail, little nuances. I like little things like that. It just makes it like, oh yeah, well, I got this tier. It kind of makes you feel like a little bit more uh, of whatever, but yeah, it's fine. And it was, uh, it was Evora Lee, excuse me, Evora Lee, uh, a new breed number one, which is the one that I reviewed maybe a month or so ago. I don't know why I'm doing this as if this is to tell you that it was back then. I don't know. Back in the day, I don't know. I'm going to try this tea and see if I don't burn my mouth again. Didn't burn my mouth, but my tongue is still incredibly sore. I don't even know where to go with that joke. I'm going to be honest with you folks. Um, yeah, so you have this. You're able to get Evora Lee number one as well as uh, the King's Domain as well. This is some of the work that was done on it, which I love. A nice strike. I, I love the, the night um, night shots and the color. You get a list of the characters as well. You got a pet lion. You know, you know black black folks will get a pet lion and name them something wild, given the blackest name possible. Riley, Charles, Montgomery, Jordan will be the lion's name. Um, this this line's name is Fury, but you know what I mean. We will name some some animals. Will make no sense. So we have these characters here. Love the character designs. I'm, I'm always a fan of character designs. Seeing how they came up with characters, the way they dress, characters' fashion is very interesting to me. Always, I don't know why, but seeing the clothes that characters wear, and seeing how their clothes fit into their personality their possible powers or fighting ability always is interesting to me. Like that whole character design purpose of why those clothes, what made you think of that and how they can be so different, you know, not having them all just same, but characters having such different um, fashion senses. I absolutely love that. Just a little thing that I notice at times. I love that. And I don't mean just the, the, their possible superhero garb, but their everyday like altered, like their everyday, like regular clothes. Like, I, I really love that. I love seeing those different designs. Um, still, my favorite two characters, I wish I had their fashion sense, um, is Spencer Dales from Excellence. I think I mention Excellence every episode, and it's ridiculous. It's almost sacrilege, but it's not. And uh, Miles Morales. There's a particular issue of Miles Morales. I remember which one, where I see him walking, 
with, I believe, his younger sibling, um, a girl he's talking to that he wants to date or that dating or they're trying to get to that point. And I was just like, damn, I wish I could dress like that. Then I remembered I'm like 45 and I got to chill. I got to chill. But Spencer Dales, I think just the way, just the whole, yeah, just the whole um, urban mage. Uh, and plus it's, it, it's uh, Kari Randolph, whose art is always just diabolically fun. So, yeah. So please go and check out The King's Domain. This is from 615 Comics. I enjoyed uh, Evora Lee, so I definitely want to see what the King's Domain has. And I love the premise of uh, going and start trying to stop animal cruelty using not like, you know, a certain um, billionaire in Gotham who just uses money to beat up homeless people and uh, drug addicts, but taking the money and trying to do something against animal cruelty and becoming this vigilante like that. I think that's a really cool idea, so I want to see where that goes. Sue me. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. So those were the Kickstarters for this week. Um, please go and check them out. Great stuff is still going on with them. Like I said, uh, and they're all, they're all deserving of your funding. If you don't have the money right now and understand sometimes the pockets are heavy or the pockets are, or actually no, the pockets are light. Even the pockets are light because your soul is heavy with everything that you got going on. Don't worry about it. It happens. We all go through those spells. Hey, copy and paste share it on social media share it on your facebook share it wherever if you don't have the money to do it because of share if you don't have the money you share it five people see the post maybe three of them will go and oops will go and yep that's that that just happened too i'm having a really off day folks uh those three people will go um they'll be able to maybe two of them will be able to you know, put in that third person will post or share it and so forth and so forth because word of mouth is our biggest way of advertising these days social media can be used as a great tool for advertising so these kickstarters are very important you're helping someone to fund and create their dream their project the thing that can take them to another point take them to another level not just personally but also um financially and also creative wise and also gets their name out there even more so it's very very important all right thank you very much folks that was just me trying to be whatever i am right there i don't know so and we'll be right back after this message from uh, the incredible people over at Planeta Blue. This is a, a comic coming out on uh, November 1st, I believe. Uh, this is from um, author is um, Tim Blessed. Uh, Michael La Laricia is the illustrator. Van, jo uh, Van Jones doing the introduction. Um, so why don't you just stick around for a second and um, check out this video from them. Cool. Cool. I'll see you in a bit. And that was that. Awesome, right? I love doing these spots and showing you guys new stuff that's coming out or someone who's got their thing going, their 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 whole business flow. I love it. It's so incredible to, to, to be able to share that. And I love this pilot program that I'm doing to just show people stuff out here. Everybody's got something going on, whether it's a comic, whether it's a business, whether it's a novel that they've got coming out, whether it's a comic book shop that they're going to open up. Everybody's got something. And if I can do my little bit, and let people know about it. Why not? I think that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? All right. So next up, we've got reviews. We've got a lot of reviews, more, more reviews than I thought I was going to be doing, but I'm going to make them um, as short and sweet as I possibly can, much like me, although I don't know if I'm very sweet. Maybe tangy. I don't know. There's a joke there somewhere. I don't. Never mind. So, uh, first up, <laughs> I don't know where the hell I was going with that one. I really don't know. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. I should be ashamed of myself, but I don't usually care. To be honest with you. So, first up, <clears throat> excuse me. 
we've got is uh, we're going to do The Wounded 2. All right. Now, some of you know this. Um, I had Nigel Lynch on maybe a couple of months ago when he was doing the Kickstarter for uh, The Diary of Stray Dogs, The Wounded 2 um, issue where it's kind of the beginning of The Diary of Stray Dogs and how all these mercenaries came about. And uh, we see the origin of it, which I loved. Um, I thought it was really cool to do that. So I'm happy that it happened. And um, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, because of technical difficulties, I'm not able to show you the art. I apologize. I apologize for that. Um, something's going on with my Google right now and my laptop. I don't know, but let me tell you about this. Uh, we've got a creator, creator and writer is Nigel Lynch, like I was saying. Illustrator. This is illustrated by Juan Carlos Francisco. Uh, colored by Miriam Yasser, lettered by Pete Moss. I love that name, Moss. Don't know why, but it's just a very, very cool name. All right, so this is the story of Shani and how she, um, at the end of issue one, we see her starting off to create this um, this island, um, uh, uh, the Bellacourt Maroons, and. It's a great jumping off point because you see everything she's been through, all the trials and tribulations. You see her lose someone she cares for very much and loves. And how that despair and that hurt and that pain and how she decides to take all that and just go, okay, cool, turn it off. And she goes, okay, cool. This is what we're going to do. We're going to start this. And she amasses mercenaries. Um, for this island, and this is where you get stray dogs. Stray dogs, as Nigel was saying, stray dogs um, is another term for mercenaries. Or stray dogs could actually be thought of as Ronin, also, who are um, or a masterless samurai. Uh, they have no master. No, no one actually serves. They just go and do whatever they want, good and bad. Mercenaries are, I mean, for hire, but they can have moral compass. Um, and this is the year uh, 2036. So that's not really far off, truthfully. So if if the future was kind of like this, wouldn't be bad. And then the story, we see more of what's happened there. Um, it's I kind of like seeing stories like this. First off, again, um, like Nigel was saying, and I really agree. There's a huge point. We don't see a lot of um, uh, Caribbean protagonists, like leads of stories. That is not some type of joke. Or it's not um, like usually these characters are played for laughs. They're played for um, laughs as far as like a really horrible accent, a ridiculously loud shirt. Um, they're the person that can get whatever you need to get and like through like um, black market means or dark web or whatever, so, something like that. So to see a Caribbean character or a uh, or a black female presenting Caribbean protagonist in a cyberpunk-esque story you don't get very often. So that was beautiful. Um, and seeing how everything comes about and Shani's venturing into becoming or in, into creating the Maroons is beautiful. And also painful because this is a very this is a world of a lot. This is a world of um of violence. Because again, mercenaries, they do what they gotta do, but it also dives into the cyber cyberspace part of it. And it in a way it kind of it gave me a little bit of a distinction about um about like the addiction that we do have to the internet and to cyberspace and how it can be. I'm dropping everything in this ridiculous, um ridiculous day. That's what happens when you shave off, you know, the goatee. It's like you start losing your powers of being able to hold things. And you see, like, how it affects kids in this world. Uh, and it made me think about kids in our in, in our world and how they're um, kind of almost like a pneumatic trigger because you have to go check your likes, go check your, your, your notifications and go check this, go check that, checking... Continuous. So it kind of made me think of that when I was watching, excuse me, when I was listening, excuse me, goodness, when I was reading this, but it kind of did feel like I was watching an animated 
thing, which I like. I love that feeling of, oh, it goes from a comic to being almost an animated feature in my head. I love that. I want to see more from Shani, and I know I will, because uh, Nigel and uh, Beyond um, uh, Caribbean Publishing are doing incredible things with the Dire Street Dogs. And I know this is going to be a whole universe that they're creating, especially with the um, the Critical Tasks Ops Force. I believe I said it correctly. Critical Ops Task Force. I know it has a really long name and he, he narrowed down, but I was like, I really enjoyed that. So seeing that whole world of mercenaries and seeing how Shawnee starts this world and still the, the trauma that she's going through from seeing this man that she loves killed and how that can affect you, even though you're creating this 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 nation and creating almost in a way your own family to protect not just yourself but your heart because this nation is now your heart and you're you're amassing this kind of army together. I think it's great. So yes, go and check out excuse me. Uh the wounded. This is uh the dire stray dogs, the wounded too. Number one is incredible. Number two just builds off of that and just gives you even more depth of a story. And you're just pulled in even more by these characters and what they're doing. Outstanding, outstanding. I love it. I absolutely love it. So next up we're going to go with is Edenwood. Uh, this is from Image. This one's kind of funny because this is from uh, one of my favorites, uh, Tony S. Daniels. Tony S. Daniels, I know, is more of an artist, but I had a great time with, I think this is actually his first writing foray, if I'm, I could totally be wrong about that. Uh, so this is from Image, obviously. Uh, story and art is Tony S. Daniels. Uh, colors is J. David Ramos. Uh, letters is, uh, is Nathan Kempf. Editor is Kel Simons. So in this world of, um, of Edenwood, well, Edenwood is actually a a thing that's growing where witches are. And it's a part of like um, the Midwest. I want to say, I think it was Missouri that they were in. Um, I lived in Missouri for a bit, St. Louis. I actually loved it. Washington. I was on Washington. I was maybe five blocks away from Bush Stadium. Really enjoyed it for the time that I was there. Uh, Merchant Mart is where I lived. I was in the Loft District. Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, and when we come to the story... We're getting this um, this young group of children who are looking for a dog that one of them has lost. And they're twins. It's a girl and a boy. They're twins. You can tell they have white hair. Uh, they're twins. Are they twins? I believe that they're twins. Or the sister might be a little bit older. And they're looking for the dog in this area they should not be in. All of a sudden, there are booms and booms and booms. Um, next thing you know, um, the young girl, her boyfriend is looking for the dog also, and he gets caught in Edenwood. And he ends up becoming uh, like caught up by these demons because there are demons and there are witches in this world. And the witches are kind of like having this war with the demons. And then you have these beings that are called demon killers that will kill demons. That was kind of anticlimactic. I, was it? It, it, it? it was, right? Okay, thanks. So you get that. But in this space of Edenwood, five minutes could be five months to five years to five minutes. There's no way to really tell until you leave. So as he's going through, he finds this demon killer by the name of Bastille and helps him in there. Meanwhile, the children are still out there looking for this dog. And time goes by, three years, matter of fact, time goes by, and demon killer thinks that they have found Things that they have found um, the young girl. Her name is Adeline or, Ad, or Adelaide. And turns out it's not her. It's another demon. It's a hidden one. They have different breeds of demons, too, that can do different things. So Demon Killer ends up killing the demon. But as they're just about to give the final blow. Now, remember, it's been three years. Up come some of these uh, soldiers that are part of the army, the witch army and such like that. And they shoot the demon killer down. And you find out that one of the soldiers is one of the young boys from in the beginning of the story. They've grown up. They've been a part of the army. 
Uh, they're at the Edenwood um, barrier, and they're like, oh, my goodness. And then you find out that the one that they've shot is the young boy who was this kid's sister's boyfriend. That is a bit of a gruesome sight. Yes, I do realize that. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. It was um, sometimes, you know, you go from something that's so serious and and thought-provoking and kind of groundbreaking as well um, from uh, The Wounded 2 to something that's a little more fanciful, a little more fun, supernatural, horror-y. I like that. That makes my um, that, that that makes my taste buds stand up on air. I don't know what that means. I don't I don't even know what that meant. I don't know where that even came from. Made my taste buds stand on end. I don't. I have to grow this back. This is I guess, you know, um, that's where my power is. Is in, is in my goatee. The more gray hairs I have exposed, the more that my life is um, better. I guess I don't know if that makes any sense. Does it? Sure. Okay. So yeah, I definitely would check this out. It was a lot of fun. I'm guessing that it's going to become a little more gory as you go on because it is kind of a, um, uh, I want to say a horror supernatural story with action. So definitely, yeah, I don't really, I don't do a lot of comics that are kind of that, that are more kid friendly. Do I? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I do. A, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know why that is. It's crazy. Anyway. So yeah. Check this one out. It's very fun. Um, I had a great time reading it. The next one up we've got is Alan Scott, Green Lantern. This was a surprise to me. I was not expecting this, um, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, this is from, obviously, DC Comics. Um, and it was just very... It, it, it felt nice. It felt nice. So we know Alan Scott um, was the first Green Lantern. Um but he was different from the other Green Lanterns. His ring wasn't like, um, it didn't have the, the limitation of being limited by uh, the color yellow. His weakness was wood, which is kind of weird, but uh, I guess in that essence, it makes uh, it's fine. It's fine, whatever. Um, so this is a story about him in the 1930s and 40s and how he's blackmailed by... Um, by J. Edgar Hoover for being gay. Uh, let's go with the credits first. Um, writer is Tim Sheridan. Artist is C.N. Tormey. Colorist is Matt Herms. Letterer is Lucas Gattani. Gattoni? Apologies. Go from there. So, yeah, we see... It's another one, Trump Superman. Uh, and J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover has pictures of Scott with... Um, with a lover while they're both in the military, in the army. Um, kind of wondering how he got these candid pictures, but he did. And it, it was a story. It, it started out as a love story, but also a story of how am I going to get from under the thumb of J. Edgar Hoover? Um, because Alan Scott was kind of out here doing his own thing. He wasn't, he wasn't out there in the, in the public with the JSA, the Justice League, the Justice Society of America. He was kind of doing his thing at times and he was like, no, you need to be part of this team. You need to take more photo ops with this team. So it kind of, yeah, it, it, it kind of broke from that of being a more of a love story. And you can kind of figure out the end maybe about five or seven pages before the ending, what have you, but it wasn't what mattered. I love seeing the fact of, of this character in this time where you could be blackballed and you could be killed you could be ostracized you could be anything could happen to you if you were outed as being gay even if you were you know what was considered to be quote unquote a man's man and being a superhero and having all this power this incredibly powerful uh, weapon in in your green lantern ring and you could still be held to these horrible constraints set by society and heteronorms but i love seeing it um, I love how this feels like an old school comic in a way from like that time because of obviously because of the look of it and everything, but, um, just the feel of how it it's written and I don't, it, it, it felt like a throwback, which I liked, but with kind of the sensibilities of today, because at a certain time, even though, um, there's so much, we're so much more open to everything now, as far as, um, uh, your identity, whether it is uh, sexuality or, um, gender um or who you choose to lay down with and who you choose not to lay down with 
um, how many people you choose to lay down with, whom, how many people you choose to be in, in a relationship with. We're more open to that. Um, there are still times when people can still be forced into a closet and forced and shamed for what they're doing and who they're doing it with and who they're not doing it with. We still have those moments. So this comic kind of straddled and balanced both sides, which I felt was really good. Um, towards the end, you can find a figure out what's going to happen. Eh. I wish they had kind of stayed with it more being this love story, which it still may be. This is only issue one. So they still may curve me with that, but I didn't like the end so much with that kind of trope. But I love the fact of seeing Scott in a relationship while he's in the military, wanting to be out, but can't be out because of because of the time and feeling shamed because he can't be out and him having that self-loathing or i shouldn't say self-loathing but that self-shaming of him saying i want to be out with you because i love you i want to be there but we can't and you have to watch those moments those tender moments that you might share just a little glint in a eye or just a, a quick glance that you might share from across the room in the wrong in in the wrong room and with the wrong people that could be seen and it could be disastrous excuse me folks i apologize all this happening in the backdrop of Scott and his lover working on this science project, um, not in school. I don't know why it's a science project like that, but working on this, this science experiment um, on a ship and it having these dire effects. I'm not going to tell you the end, but like I said, it kind of, I didn't like it so much, but again, it's only the first issue. But yeah, I definitely recommend um, Alan Scott Green Lantern. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Please go and check it out. I don't know why I said it like that. I apologize. It didn't make any sense. So next up, we've got Amazon's Attack. Uh, this is from DC, obviously. Uh, it's it's about Amazon. So why would it be about why why wouldn't it be from DC? It doesn't make any sense. Um, this is this comic is to follow Wonder Woman two, um, the new. The, the new Tom King series. Um, this is this comic is in response to what happens to the Amazons after everything that happens in issue two. Actually, issue one truly, but issue two, um, and you go from there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is written by um, Josie Campbell. We've got art by Vasco Jolive. Hope I'm saying that properly. Uh, colorist is Alex Guimarães, and letterer is Becca Carey. So, Nubia um, decides to go to uh, the land of man to figure out what's going on and uh, trying to, you know, establish why this is happening, what's going on, and through everything that's going on, she begins to another return of Superman promo. They begin to she begins to amass this kind of team to as the amazons are being told you have to get out of america you can't be here and she begins to amass this team that she didn't plan on to help her figure out what's going on and to stop this and to save the amazons um the beginning is very actually touching because she leaves her love io who is working on um, a, a surprise for her and you you kind of feel that it almost had a it felt almost like um uh, Odysseus, Odysseus before he left, and you kind of feel that like I'll be back, but you, but I love you and I don't want to leave. But you know, it, it had that same feeling, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and then she goes to the man, and you see bits of peace. You see people coming to her aid, and you're like, oh boy, this, and people that you, if you read, um. Trial of the Amazons and the coronation, that whole saga, which was happening. Some of these characters you will know and you will see. Um, like uh, there's, there's there's Queen uh, Faruka, who is just incredible. I I really loved her. She was very, she was giving like this serious energy and they're like just being like this brawler, brute, fighter, strong, but has this Got to tell side, we want to root for her because you kind of understand some of what she's saying. Then you have the new Wonder Girl from Brazil, Yara Flara, or if I'm, if I'm remembering her name correctly, 
who is also there. And then you have someone who you would not expect, Mary Marvel, who pops up out of nowhere to help and to save them because they're being attacked by men who are being like almost hypnotized and they don't know what's going on. And at a certain point, you realize that they're being hunted and they are now becoming, they're on like this criminal's list and they have to figure out why and what the hell is happening. Absolutely enjoyed it, loved it. Um, I want to see what is going on. Um, I know someone who would probably really dig this and really uh, enjoy this is a friend and incredible artist, uh, Shanae Williams. Shout out to Shanae Williams, who is a Wonder Woman fan and a Tomb Raider fan, uh, Final Fantasy fan, um, Destiny fan, like hands down. But when I go into our chat group and I'm like, okay, this just came out for Wonder Woman. She's like, yes. And when I was like, attack, um, Amazon's attack, she was like, yes, I have to get that. She got a lot going on right now. Congratulations uh, to you, Shanae, um, for a mo for a moving into the new place. You and and uh, David, congratulations, Mazel. You guys are going to be great. Um, I'm going to come over one day and make you guys waffles. And then I'm going to put my feet up on your couch. And I'm like, I'm not going to do what Rick James did, but I'm going to put your, my feet up on the couch for real. Um, I don't know why I said that, but I did. So there are. Uh, next one up, uh, I don't want to show the art for this one because it's, um, hasn't been released yet, but I'll tell you a bit about it because it's awesome, is uh, the Diver Sweet Pea, Sons of Adam. Uh, this is the second issue in that series. Phenomenal stuff. Absolutely love it. Um, uh, Aleem Leggett, phenomenal job, you and your team. The first issue, like we were talking about when I interviewed you a couple of months back, I'm interviewing everybody, damn. It really gave a lot of um, a lot of trauma to this story of basically a father and a daughter trying to get together after this attack happens from where they don't know where exactly. In the second issue, they're still striving to get to each other, but they've got a bit more of a headway. And we find out that there's also um, this agency that's trying to go after um, Sweet Pea's father to figure out what's going on. Because at the end, we see that there's something different about him and we're not sure exactly what it is. And we go from there. Um, and we deal with a lot of trauma. And in, in that first issue, there was the trauma of the mother and the father, excuse me, of the father and his daughter. But it also had the, the trauma of her best friend and what she was going through being um, catatonic. And in this, like, this uh, catatonic state from this attack and not knowing what's going on, seeing people die and seeing, like, a bustle of children die, it puts her in that state, in, in this shell. I felt that in every page. And as I was talking to Aleem, it made it more and more critical. I was like on pins and needles, like she has to wake up, she has to wake up, she has to wake up. I was literally worried for them, which is how I knew this was getting to me. In this issue, we find that they're still trying to get to each other, but now there's a new party that's involved that's chasing after them, these um, agents. And as Sweet Pea is being robbed of her dog because someone wants her dog, these agents come up and they're like, we have to get her in order to get him. And we go from there. There's also some other worldly things as well. Where we find out more about him and what he can do. Again, pulse pounding. We went from this incredibly traumatic event still in now we're now it's the aftermath of, of, of the trauma. Can they get to each other in time? Can he save her? Can he save sweet pea in time? What is Sweepy gonna do? Sweepy's not a um, not a damsel in distress, but she's a little girl trying to figure out what the hell is going on, where this attack came from. Any comic that grabs me and that has a chokehold on me like that, I love because if I'm worried about your 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 characters right off the bat like that, yes, especially it's a young black girl. I already want to protect her. I always want to. I already want to fight these guys off. I want to you know stop these agents from taking her. But then I'm like her father. But then I'm looking at her father and I'm like. What's going on with him? Where's he at? Does he? There's so much. There's so much going on. So so much worry that you have. You go. Yeah, I really care about these characters. I need them to get together. You want to see that. So yes, I'm not gonna say anymore. But go and check out uh, when it comes out. It ha hasn't been released yet. Um, the Diary of Sweet Pea, Sons of uh, Adam. That's the second issue from it. So go check out the first issue. You you can definitely pick that up now. Go check it out. Then when the second issue comes out, go. Because that first issue is going to grab you because you're going to be so worried about these people. 
And folks, that's uh, it for the reviews. There were a lot there, right? That was a good mix. So we're going to take a breather for a minute because there was a lot going on. So we're going to take a breather for a minute. We're going to hear from Zuina M. Chalet and Z. Luna and her incredible murals. from that Zuina picked up some incredible music because that music makes me every time I hear it I go I definitely should be walking through the park in the fall with all the dry leaves on the ground drinking a hot beverage taking my scarf doing like this but not no pumpkin spice because I am basic I'm very complex with my big bald shaved head so it's Friday folks you know what that means Wellness Check Friday. How are you doing? Are you okay? Are you, are you feeling all right? Did you take your medicine? Whether it's for a physical or mental ailment, I want you to be the best you that you can be. Did you eat? Did you drink water? I know it's tough out there. I know this time of year gets to be difficult because we don't get a lot of sunshine. So we begin to have those, those horrible feelings, those bad feelings. I know. And it gets close to the holidays, which also does it. Family time and missing people. And I know that, but I want you to know that there are people out there who are, who love you and that want to talk to you. And if you don't feel right going to them, there are plenty of trained professionals who have trained for years going to school so they could help you. They can help you to feel better and help you to be the best you that you can be. That's important. So my self-care tip this week is going to actually tie into the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is where's my plate comfort food. Yes, I eat. Yes, I eat a lot. I do. Um, this time of year, I start going, going, getting into comfort food. I sometimes overindulge. My favorite comfort food is sweet potato pie. If you come to my house with a pumpkin pie, I will alert the authorities. Um, I will get a crossbow. I will set out um, uh, stick of bushes. So they can stick all in your legs, prickly things for you to step on. I will take your shoelaces. Um, I will take all of your knives, forks, and spoons, and I will just leave plastic sporks in your uh, utensils drawer. I will take all the handles off of your coffee mugs. I will feel very hurt by what you just did. Well, sweet potato pie does it for me. Either sweet potato pie with whipped cream, sweet potato pie with vanilla ice cream. That's it. I'm good. The one place I have not so have sweet potato pie yet is Melba's. I keep seeing it on the menu every time I order it. They are out. Now, I've had sweet potato th there, like actual sweet potatoes, which was phenomenal. Loved it. Um, it was definitely, I had that with mac and cheese and a turkey meatloaf. And it was on Juneteenth. That was the blackest thing I have ever eaten. There's a joke there, too, but I'm not going to say it. Paradise. So, yeah, that's that. That's my thing. So my goal for this um, winter, actually for autumn, winter, I don't think I'm going to go out very much, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think for this autumn, my goal is to Melba's sweet potato pie. That is my goal. It's so much of a goal that I'm giving you the Obama hyphen Bill Clinton thumb point with the ring. I don't know. So yeah, that's my goal. Um, that having a great day in New York, getting some comics, going to Harlem, um, sitting at a table, having a great meal, a sumptuous meal. Um, 
and having that sweet potato pie. I've been wanting that for the longest time, but every time I go to order it, it's never in stock. I'm always upset. I need to find a day, or maybe I'll just order it one day. Go pick it up while I'm in New York and eat it right outside. I don't know, but that's my goal. There it is. So that's been today's show. Let me just, for my bleak perspective, I want to say three things, and I'm going to um, not really dilly-dally on them very much because you have things to do. You, It's Friday. You have to go do laundry or pick up your little ones. Um, you have to tie your shoelaces, um, the ones that I haven't taken. You've got a lot of stuff to do. But I want to say these three things for you, but I'm, I'm going to say them in a way where I want you to think about them. Okay, not just if, if something gets you angry, I totally understand. But I want you to think about these things that, that I'm about to say. Because they're meant in a serious way. Three things. Okay. I've talked about this before. I'm going to continue to talk about it. Um, because I, as I said earlier, I think it's like this device that's in our heads now. Um, with social media. Social media is, is a tool. It can also be a great way to meet people with similar interests and family members you haven't seen in years. That's great. So, but don't get overrun by it. It's a tool. And because of us being programmed, I feel like now with this uh, uh, mnemonic device, and you know, well, we got to check our Instagram, we got to check our Facebook, we got to check our Twitch, we got to check our all of them. I don't, there's a bunch of them. I know there's a bunch of them now. You have to check your new. Um, texting, uh, um, whatever it is. Yeah. Likes and shares are the new currency. Talked about this with, with, with a uh, Keith cross, um, a, a couple weeks ago, how sometimes the likes and shares because of this new generation that are coming up. And even some people that are my age, they the likes and shares become the currency. And that's how you feel like that's your self-worth. Don't. Do what you're doing because you enjoy doing it. Use it as a tool. Use social media as a tool for whatever you're going to do, whatever you're promoting, what have you. But don't let it stifle you creatively. I saw a post the other day where somebody was like, "Oh, um, uh, my reels are only, only getting 200 views. That's still good. That's still great. That's 200 people that saw you. The whole world's not going to see you. Calm down. But it's okay because 200 saw you. That's great. It's 200 more than somebody else got. So don't let that." like become the become so boggling i'm like that's crazy that you would think that don't you know and i'm sure that that post was to talk about that but also to help get engagement so then they more people would look at it so then other people more people will look at it and it's just this daisy chain of whatever but don't let it become the beginning and the end all for you don't your worth is far more than clicks and likes and shares. If you get them and it helps you to elevate and whatever you're trying to do, great, awesome. I'm here for that. I support you in that. Great, but don't let it bog you down where you feel like you're not worthy of anything. Don't do that. Please don't. Okay. Next, stop hate watching and stop hate reading things and stop hate playing games. Just stop hate taking in content. Stop. Stop. I see people who will watch stuff that they hate and they'll talk about it and hate it and review it as they hate it. And it's like, well, oh, I hate this show. I don't know why. But then tell you to watch it and then complain that the show is still going on because you're watching it and you're hating on it and this. But then you'll complain when the thing that you like gets canceled. If you had talked about the thing that you liked as much as the thing that you hated, the thing that you liked would still be on it. You'd be much more enjoyable. But I think that's just because in this day and age now, it's more people would rather hear you hate on something than hear that you say, hey, I like this. They'd rather hear you be a jerk and an ass about something more than they'd rather you hear you say, oh, hey, I like this because of this. I thought this was really great. It made me feel good. Stop. doesn't make any sense because then you complain that the show is still going on. You complain that the comic is still going. You complain about whatever is still going. If you would stop talking about it, it wouldn't be there. Now, I don't want anyone to lose their jobs, obviously, unless you're a total piece of garbage, problematic, racist, queerphobic, transphobic, um, misogynistic, misogynoirist, whatever it is, those, those piles of crap. But if you stop just watching or reading or playing, 
you don't have to deal with it at all. You can go on about your day, but instead you'd rather do that. Same thing with celebrities. Y'all were mad at this couple because of whatever that was going on. And she was saying a whole bunch of stuff that had been in the relationship, but it had been said before. And it was, I couldn't give a crap. Stop. Stop. If you don't like something, you can just stop and just not read, not watch, not look, not interact at all, not acknowledge. You don't have to acknowledge it. It's not Roman Reigns. Some of you will get that joke. Some of you won't. I don't care. The joke was more for me. I, I really don't care. But yeah, stop doing that. Stop. Watch or read something that you enjoy. Or if you're going to hate watch it, hate watch it on your couch, bundled up, eating a hot dog or a cinnamon bun. I don't know why I said hot dog or cinnamon bun in particular. I don't know why. Nathan's, possibly. Sabret, all beef, um, Cinnabon, I would say cinnamon rolls or Entenmann's. Oh, Entenmann's, wonderful. But yeah, do that instead. And don't talk or tweet. I just don't. Maybe I'm just old. Maybe I just have a different mindset. I don't know. What have you. And the next one is, what do you bring to the table? Isn't necessarily a bad thing. Let me explain. We both do it, men and women. I cannot speak for um, uh, non-gender conforming people because I don't see any problematic uh, behavior coming out of their aside. Well, actually, actually, Ezra Miller taken up for everybody, regardless of gender. That guy's, I mean, that person is just, she's, what the hell? Anyway, but I don't see that coming out of their camp. It's men and women who are uh, what you bring to the table. Here's the thing about what you bring to the table. If I'm wondering, I wonder what this person brings to the table to me. I'm not thinking financial. I'm thinking mentally and emotionally. Do you support me? Do you care about me? Do you love me? Can you make my day better? Can you be that person that I can go to? Can you be my emergency contact? Hugely important thing. Can you be my emergency contact? Can you? Wondering what someone brings to the table isn't a bad thing because you're wondering how that person enriches your life in whatever way you in particular need, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, sexual, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's structural, I don't know, whatever. But it's not a bad thing to wonder how this person is going to enrich my life. Are you worth bringing into my life, into my space where you'll make things better. Both camps have done it. Okay. Women have done it to a point of, well, I wonder what, what does he bring to the table? Does he have uh, money? Is he, is, is he financially secure? Um, is he mentally ready there? Is he monogamous? Will he cheat? Will he be there for me? Women have done that for 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 forever long. Men do it also. It's just that you got these idiots who say, well, what you bring to the table? And the way they're saying it is in a very dumb way. Because it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. So if I'm on a date with someone and we're talking and I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, what does she bring to the table for me that's going to make my life better? Will she be there for me? Will she support me in this move, in this move? Will she be there for me there? Will she listen? Will she be different than the women that I've dated? That's also an accountability thing because I, I, I know I've picked some of the worst people to be in relationships with. The worst. If you're listening to, to this right now, some of you have been the worst. I don't know what to tell you. But at a certain point, I realized it was me. I was attracting you somehow because I kept attracting you. So I had to start thinking differently. And one of the things I started th thinking differently is what does this person bring to me? How are you going to enrich my life, truly enrich my life? I think it's okay to think that. Because it's like, oh, well, what, because, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's okay to think that in a mature way. A mature person will think, how does this person add to my life? Because if you're just dating anybody, you're not thinking how this person adds to your life to make it better, to make it, and you just think, oh, they cute, 
oh, they got money, they this, they that. In the long run, that's not really going to help you in any way, shape, or form. It's not. So, yeah, that's not a bad thing to say that. Or more to, to think it, I would say. I, I would think it, not say it. I would think, how is this person going to enrich my life? How is this person going to make me feel even better? How is this person going to make me love today more than I already love it? Or make that day better than what it was? But that's just my opinion. What do I know? But you know what? Let me know. You tell me. Am I right? Am I wrong? Do you like what I said? Do you not like what I said? Are you ambivalent? Are you empathic? If you are, you already know what I'm thinking. Exactly. So you go from there. So that's the show, folks. I want you to have a very good rest of your day. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening, for watching, for um, everything. I truly appreciate it because there are so many other shows out there that you could be listening to, what have you, or people who are not dropping things every five seconds and that have facial hair, but you chose to listen and watch me, and I truly appreciate it. I want you to have a very great day. Enjoy it. Get some sweet potato pie. I'm going to. Um, ShopRite actually has sweet, great sweet potato pie. Little known effects. Shop, ShopRite has great pie. I might go over there because I really need to eat some pie. On that note, you all have a very good one. Bye.